So, I have been working on a WordPress theme. Cool. How come? <laughs> For the last sort of two years, I have been unhappy with um, the current design of my website, which I think is based in 2012. So one of the default WordPress themes from a few years ago. I just didn't like it. I, I increased the font size and done a few minor things, but I didn't like it. Um, and I've been using reader mode in Safari more and more. Um, that basically is a real sort of clutter-free uh, reading experience. And what I really wanted was somebody else to come up with the WordPress theme that was like Safari reader mode. Um, but to my knowledge, uh, to date, nobody has. So I decided to write my own. Taking matters into your own hand. Yeah. How's it going so far? Um, it's okay. Uh, I suppose I you sent us a preview today. Yeah. So by the time I think we release this episode, I'll probably have it up on my own site. Uh, so I kind of want to dog food it before maybe actually submitting it as the proper theme to wordpress.org so yeah it's going okay i think it's one of those things though like messing around with css especially with body text you can kind of spend an insane amount of time trying to perfect things um you know yeah i have to admit it looks pretty nice um she said it's pretty spot on yeah, I'm sitting here flicking between reader mode and, Same, your, yeah. <laughs> and your page. Um, I mean, there's very little difference to it. It's quite nice. It's uncluttered, you know. So I finished now just about all the stuff that I need from my own website. Um, so the challenge is going to be doing the extra stuff. I still have to work out images. Um, and are you going to give it away for free? Share it? Are you going to make some money out of it? Yeah, so I've been thinking about it. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to release my the version that I use on my website for free licenses, GPL2. Um, so you'll be able to download it if it's accepted. Uh, if WordPress.org accepted as a theme, it'll be available for free. I may then do a... Um, a kind of premium version that just offers more customization. So if you don't like some of the choices I've made, then you can pay for the pro version, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, I'm still on the fence, though. Is it worth the hassle? There's a lot of people making a lot of money off WordPress themes. Really? Do you yeah. think? Yeah. No, again, it's probably the old 9010, like, but... I mean, this is a really opinionated theme, so it's really stark. It, it's sort of designed to be a good reading experience, so it's not good if, like, there's, for example, the theme has no sidebars, so there's no way of sort of putting in a kind of newsletter sign-up thing other than at the very bottom of the page. Um, but it, it's not just reader mode, it's also medium.com, who, even though... Their actual site involves insane amount of JavaScript. Their actual visual layout I find really nice. You know, I really love big fonts. Um, you know, just kind of stuff focused on the reader. I've had the same problem trying to find decent WordPress themes that get. You know, they're always kind of eighty percent there. They're not. They never hit all the the right notes. 
you know, I, I make a lot of changes to any themes I use at, at all levels. Like, and I think you've, you've taken the ultimate stand to have your website actually fully doing what you want it to do, which is something I still haven't, still haven't gotten. So Dave, have you ever been tempted by these sort of static site generation generators? Cause that was the other thing I considered was just abandoning the WordPress platform and going with, Oh, I don't know. What are they called? Octopress or Jekyll, any of those? Jekyll, yeah. yeah. All them things. Yeah. And I mean, like the thing is, it, you, you should, you're supposed to write your own static site generator, Thomas. You're not allowed <laughs> to use one that already exists. And then you have to write a blog post about it and then you have to post it to Hacker News. Um, I believe that's the, that's the official way of, yes. of, of changing your website over to being static. Um, I have been. But again, at the same time, it's, they're just not, they're just not perfect, you know, and I don't know, you know, it's just, I, I think the the effort on my part required to get that, that perfect fit isn't worth it. And again, I'm thinking if I did do a static one, like how many places am I going to have to update the links and stuff like that? Why not just type in raw HTML into it? text file and just save it exactly and then the danger that like you'll change your mind in six months time and like want to do it in another way um and then your entire development activity is focused towards uh maintaining your personal blog which to be fair is what i'm doing at the moment but i'm going to be finished soon that's it and at least you know you have a very um strong idea of where you're going with it which helps yeah, so it's been fun. Um, I wouldn't want to develop WordPress themes for a living, I have to say. Um, it's I guess WordPress is a relatively old platform and has sort of... I'm sure if they were designing from scratch today, they wouldn't design what they've come up with. But, uh, but it's okay. I think everyone at some point should have to design for WordPress or, you know... <laughs> To work with WordPress at some point, you know, just to kind of get their badges, their merit badges and how horrible it is. The <laughs> <laughs> thing with WordPress as well is that, like, it's not a bad thing to be sort of powering most of the web. Like, it's not perfect, but I guess given what the alternative is, it is an open source product. It is relatively user friendly for people to create content. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, well, I hope that we're kind of gone from the days of the major WordPress security problems. You know, there was stage there where you're kind of updating it every week. Yeah. Um, now you obviously you should update it every week, like, but, um, or every time a new release comes out, but it was, you know, update or your entire site will be taken over for, for a while. Also, automatic updates are awesome. They are indeed. Um, even though you do, if you have lots of stupid WordPress sites that you've forgotten about, like me, you get a trillion emails, uh, when, uh, they release an update, but that's better than having to manually do each one. So speaking of, um, blogging platforms and stuff like that, there was, um, a fella, is it Dustin Curtis had his blogging platform subtle as and it's the it was used kind of it kind of came to prominence before medium and it was used by a lot of prominent 
programmers and developers there was a kind of a network of blogs and stuff as well um uh, off the top of my head uh, i think the collisons used it and um a few other um fairly high profile people and it was just again almost reader mode um in terms of what was actually um displayed on the screen it was absolutely beautiful in its simplicity and i remember that it was being rolled out gradually and you know only a few people got it at the the start and then some guy came on into the comments about 40 minutes later and he goes oh here it is as a wordpress theme <laughs> and um there was it, it's worth going back and check and and reading through the threads and there was you know that there was like big long debates on hacker news about the morality of this and you know that 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 stuff you know um there's also um post haven which came out of posters when that closed so the guys behind um posters actually created post haven and it is very basic blogging site very basic and um the idea is it's five dollars a month and it's made to last forever so the whole idea is it's sustainable they'll never get acquired they'll never shut down as long as you keep paying you know everything is good and you know there's there's a lot of different takes on on blogging out there so i was a post haven customer for a few years and i had a blog there just again simplicity it was just a white page white background black text and that was it and what I'm after doing then is I just, um, I exported that, shut it down, and I'm after importing them into my main, main site now. So even though that didn't exist until last year, it has post gone back as far as 2012 or 2013. As I think it's just, you know, just in terms of keeping everything in the one place, it's probably for the best. So I haven't done the, the 302 redirects or anything like that, but it's, it's, that's in the works. So. Have you thought about using any kind of hosted systems or? Well, I think this is an interesting question for Baz, uh, who still hasn't claimed BazTaylor.ie. Don't be giving it out to people. Some knacker's going to go and get that. (laughs) (laughs) So if you. On the weekends, I pretend my name is Baz Taylor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you ever do claim your domain, Baz, what, what what would you be tempted to run it off? Thomas's dream hosts, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas set me up a blog there. I don't know. I'd research. I'd research before I went with anything. But I don't know about you, Dave. But how would you respond to a question from somebody who you knew? Um, somebody asked you, "I want a website. What should I do?" Just and... Give me two grand and relax. <laughs> So say you didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. So my response would be WordPress.com to so pay a hundred a year, get the custom domain, and at least you will have something that will be easy to move out of. Yeah. I mean if it's just someone who wants to who wants to start blogging, um I think that's the best the the best place to go. Um and I think if it was someone who wanted an actual website for something i think i would send them to squarespace.com 
in insert promo here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sign up with code Baz couldn't be arsed and get 10% yeah. off. <laughs> That's it. So if you listen to a lot of podcasts, that would have been an ad for Squarespace, but this is not an ad for Squarespace. Yeah, I think I'm, I made a comment about them on Twitter on point that, or I was looking for a site and then someone responded to me and said, no, don't go with Squarespace. They're not that good for certain things. And then the CEO of Squarespace responded and goes, I think you guys are misguided. <laughs> so he was like, get all the bad news off the internet. So my company site is on Squarespace. Yeah. So I have some experience uh, with the platform. I don't like it that much. Like, it's grand. Are you, are you looking for too much, or is it...? No. Um, the thing with Squarespace is they give you a visual editor, so you really can drag and drop and control the layout of different pages in your site through the browser, which is all very well in theory, but... I don't find the UX very good from a stupid point of view, not from, uh, oh, I want lots of control. And that's one of the reasons I like WordPress is that the editor is pretty simple. You write content, which is, consists of like headings, mostly paragraphs, maybe a block quote. And if you're feeling very ambitious, um, a table or two. And the theme will handle the presentation of all that content. For me, I'm looking for less overhead in in writing. I, don't, I like to remove barriers to writing. And Squarespace doesn't fulfill that to me. But having said that, for anybody looking for any sort of uh, easy way of doing web design, I'd say Squarespace is it. So, hey, it's like, look at us. We're the only um, podcast prepared to give an honest... <laughs> review Squarespace. Don't sign up to audible.com either. It's horrible. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> Audiblepodcast.com slash WCS. <laughs> yeah, so as you were saying, if someone wanted to actually design, I'm talking about non-technical people, you know, that I don't want anything to do with. And it's, you know, it's been a few years since I've used Squarespace, but at the time it was pretty, you know, it was pretty good. Um can't even remember when that was. Sometime in the last eight years, anyway. I know that for sure. Yeah, but, uh, it's pretty stuck. When? Who knows? So, can I talk about my latest obsession? Yeah, sure. Will this get us an E rating on iTunes? Mm, if only. Uh, so, my <laughs> latest obsession is vintage Apple keyboards. So, I desperately... All of them? No, a specific model. So... If there are any listeners out there who own a large Apple, Apple keyboard purchased somewhere between 1989 and 1995, please, 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 please get in contact uh, because I would donate a kidney to take it off you. So I really want to um, have a vintage Apple keyboard as my daily driver um, and I can't find one. It's a good thing you're working in an office on your own. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're they're, they're noisy. Yeah, so it's a mechanical keyboard. So there's a definite clickety click when you're typing. Um, so there are loads of them on eBay, but they're all US layout. Or there's one or two that are like European lay- layout. But I want a, uh, an ISO layout with a tall return key, not a flat 
return key. <laughs> also, and did you notice like the? Ever see anybody with a, a US MacBook? Like instead not of recently. the shift symbol, like it says shift on it. It's it's gross. <laughs> Do they have an any key as well? A what? That's an any key. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> and any key you know hit the any key hit the shift key hit the control key hit the any key I don't, I don't get uh, it <laughs> I'll explain it Thomas. let's press any key to continue on to the next topic uh, yeah. Um. so where did your session come from where, where did it start I guess I started looking well partly I was interested in this um, and there are like serious mechanical keyboard nerds that I am not one of them, but um, you're getting look, there. <laughs> I am really getting there. But you have to own one first, yeah. Yeah. Um, I looked up the um the Wikipedia page for the Apple Extended Keyboard, and somebody had edited the um Apple Extended Keyboard Wikipedia page to point out that um. So basically, there was a redesign in 1988, um, and Apple Ireland commissioned a company called Design ID, which was based in Limerick. So this is actually a keyboard. The Apple Extended Keyboard 2 is a keyboard that was uh, designed in Limerick. Um, And the two guys, Brian Leach and Peter Sheehan, who I think one of them is based in Carlo and one of them is based in Dublin now, And so basically, I really want to get uh, a keyboard and then go and talk to them about the process of working for Apple and, you know, some sort of maiden limerick story. And so have you been successful in finding one or? No, I thought I I found one and I actually placed a bid, uh, but I should have known the uh, seller was based in Belgium. And so it was actually a... a hotbed of fraudulent <laughs> Apple keyboards. <laughs> no, it's a keyboard with a different layout, and the seller didn't have a proper photo on their. Um... You're not just moving the keys around, like. No, the you have to have the long um, return key. You need to start going to boot sales up and down the country, go to England, go up and down the country in boot sales. Should be your mission from now on. You can be a boot sales goer. Do I really want to turn to... I just want a freaking keyboard. Somebody is out there. This is... Go, it's going to ruin your life, Thomas. If you can't find it, it's going to ruin your life. It's going to be a lifetime obsession trying to find it. Think about how cool I am when I'm going to get one, though. I'll be like, clickety, clickety, click. I'll sound like I'm doing real work. Oh, I I think it'd be cooler if you had, if you had like an Apple II or something, you know. I think that'd be cooler. Uh, that sounds hard. <laughs> this way I can still browse it. And, you know. and without going into any specifics, we had a lead on some yeah, old I Apple equipment. Did you I follow up on it? I did not follow up on it. I Are you gonna? Do. Yeah, this the problem when you like, but you're a bit socially awkward. So you know, you're gonna be like, oh, I really want it, but I don't want to email them. So yeah, I'll go in and ask for you. Do. And I can be like, my socially awkward friend would like a keyboard. <laughs> so yeah, this is my new obsession. I've already bought the adapter to 
like the USB adapter because these keyboards use uh, ADB. Okay. I forgot it'd be so cool. It would be cool, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Made in Ireland. Made and in did your obsession start before you Was knew I that? Or... Uh, it kind of confirmed my obsession. Especially that it was designed in Limerick. Was it made in Ireland as well? Yeah, assembled in Cork. Ah, cool. So they went from uh, assembling the old telephones to assembling keyboards down there. Yeah, those talented people (laughs) down in Cork. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, I mean, just to think that that level of, first of all, design and second of all, manufacturing was done... First of all, in Ireland, and then, you know, within an hour of each other by car. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? You know, and then, like, you've, like, like none of that, it would be okay, it'd be designed in California, like, but that's, that's about it these days. Do you know, everything else would be off in a, off in China. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, was the part of the shift to China, like, like in the... Because my sense is, like, these keyboards aren't particularly complicated, like, to assemble. Like, was it due to trade barriers that have subsequently, like, why was a keyboard economical to make in Cork in 1990, but it is clearly not in 2016? I don't know. Mm. So, Baz. Wow. Do you develop for Apple platforms? Yes, I do. <laughs> did, how did you know? Wasn't my stupid hair and stupid glasses? Uh, yeah, because basically, like you know, that's not proper programming. It's not. It's I should feel ashamed about it, and I kind of do. Um, <laughs> I don't tell people when I meet them. I tell them, you know, you know, I'm a Nazi youth <laughs> officer. So why do certain like tech people, programmers, I guess, have? A bit of an attitude problem about Apple platforms. Do you know, I'm, I, I'm going to have a prediction here, okay, straight away. And maybe this prediction will g- g- give, give a bit more, I guess, background to this. But I suppose there's Apple are going to be releasing the iPhone 7 in the next couple of months. And it's probably going to have no headphone jack. Let's just say yeah. it doesn't have a headphone jack. Yeah. And then the next day, it's going to be all over the news, okay? It has no headphone jack. People are going to be like, oh, Apple, they're ruining it. No headphone jack. Oh, idiots, blah, 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 blah. N- not to mention that there's several f- new phones out at the moment that don't have headphone jacks. But the controversy isn't there. But you're going to see it explode, I think, the second that the a- iPhone comes out. And, I, you know, fair enough. It's a, it's a bit of a stupid move anyway. But um, people are going to just, they love to hate Apple. So even though Android phones are already doing it, once the Apple phone comes out or the next, I'm sorry, the iPhone 7, uh, people are going to go mental. And that's what happens when you're an Apple user and people hate you. They go mental over and they'd like to tell you <laughs> why you're an idiot or Apple are idiots for everything they do. But I think Apple are going to get it twice as hard as in this round because it's always oh android did it first like i mean why is everyone there's, talking about apple like i mean i had, a, I had yeah. a you know usb headphones like in 96 and um then you get the people who think apple did make this move and that it's signaling the apocalypse and they just still haven't gotten over the fact that the imac didn't ship with a floppy disk <laughs> I th- yeah um it's it's not something I, I I face too much, I guess. 
I'm in a very Apple-friendly user base, I guess, my new job and my old job, I guess. Some of the guys didn't like Apple so much. And any time these events came around, it was me kind of defending Apple. Not not that I needed to, but it was just, I guess it was just a bit of a, oh, you, you picked the wrong team, you know, some mornings, you know, you picked the wrong football team some mornings. You just got to live with the your team are, are worse than my team, uh, even though, we, you know, we're all doing the same thing. Is that not an obnoxious way? Because I think you really hit the nail on the head there in terms of this sort of uh, technology platforms as football teams. So you have to, like, love what your team do and hate yep. whatever another team do. And that just seems like a really ridiculous way of, like, looking at technology. Like, I, 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 I think the worst thing about it is someone who hates it more than you like it, who has yeah. <laughs> their obsession for hating it is larger and it just seems irrational. Why do you hate it so much? Why does it make you so upset? It's, I don't know, I guess it's like a thing in religion then, is that, you know, why does it make you so upset? And there's always crazy answers a lot for, for, for certain things. Why why does it make you so upset? You, you can never rationale with certain people. Just certain things just inherently make people upset, you know? Um, and they have to express it to you. And <laughs> it's funny sometimes, it gets annoying other times, um, you know. My favourite is the sort of, like, I guess amongst a certain class of developer that like kind of like the Apple is gay kind of beam. So it's like, you know, you develop for iPhone, you must be gay. <laughs> I got that <laughs> quite a lot before, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know. Maybe it's the thing of, I suppose when you're 14 and you can't afford an iPhone, you have to have an Android. So you have an Android. So you're going to hate because you're 14. You're an idiot. You know, you're going to be online. And this kind of stuff stems from 14 year olds a lot of time on the internet. Um, and then can, I suppose, creep and creep and creep, creep out to a wider range audience, you know, up to adults and stuff like this, who shouldn't be, you know, who should be past the stage in their life where they are obsessed about certain things or jealous or maybe not jealous i'm not sure but be really really annoyed about something you know like you get to an age when you're over 30 hopefully that stuff shouldn't really annoy you like this but i guess that's where the world is isn't it you always have to hate something to make yourself feel better sometimes (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't i don't give a crap um yeah like in terms of like i've it's been a good while since i've been in um working with developers as such that mm-hmm. haven't that that you know gave a crap about the platform or whatever but more often than not it's um customers or whatever that that want things android only or you know and their reasons for that are not rational a lot of the times it's just because but there isn't isn't Android better? Like, I mean, you know, there's more Android users, so I'm going to make more money. There's more, yeah. you know, um, that that kind of thing, and it just charge them more. <laughs> like, I'm I I just have adopted the position that, uh, like, I'm I'm way past this. Like, I've been programming for 
far too long and I'm right and I don't care what anyone else thinks. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. I, I haven't, I guess, faced it in quite a bit, I suppose, when questioned about it. I, I remember times, you know, when it's just like in your face, kind of, why are you being an Apple fanboy or something like that? brings up all memories i think it's a lot easier when you're a developer though because uh, like for me anyway some guy some guy was like uh, would you develop for ios and i just pointed at my car you know and i was like uh, <laughs> you know i was like that I just that was that was an app you know yeah and now it's a car um and i said i, I didn't really didn't want to ride around on a bicycle <laughs> but then there's another thing with this sort of like I don't have to hate the opposite way, so I might, like, kind of poke fun at Android at its sort of what I perceive as its weaknesses, which may or may not be true. But I definitely want Android to be better, in some ways even more than I want, like, iOS to be better, because, like, I know Apple are lazy as feck, so, like, if Google don't keep innovating with Android... My worry is, yeah, that that Apple will get lazy and will stop innovating. So it's almost like an anti fanboy thing, like that. Hmm. I suppose I'm kind of I'm kind of the same in that. Like, look, I have I've both an Android phone and tablet, and I gave them gave them a fair shake, and they're fine. You know, um, nothing really to complain about few things like that make a psychological difference like if an app crashes on the iphone it just disappears but if it crashes on android you get a message box telling you that it crashed so like my perception of android was that things crashed a lot more because it kept telling me that they crashed (laughs) you know um even though they mightn't have they might not actually have been but it just put it up in my face every single time this is now this was android 4 or whatever um jelly bean or whatever so it's it's a while since um since i've looked at it but you know every time an app an app crashed you got this this app has crashed or whatever and then you can you know restart or whatever but on the iphone it just disappears and you just go oh where'd that go oh i'll just tap it again and now i'm back you know whereas with with android there's very definite thing something's gone wrong and you go back to it so it's just kind of those little things and i think like other than the actual, like, I'd, I'd jump to Android, no problem, if I wasn't so ingrained in the ecosystem um, at this point in time. You know, I think if I was making a fresh start, it wouldn't matter too much to me, to be perfectly yeah. honest. But I just think I have the the momentum of the Apple ecosystem and Apple TVs and AirPlay and, um, you know, all that. And, and, and a lot of money spent on the App Store. Um that that's just that that would necessitate sticking with it at this point um also just from what i have personally i prefer programming for ios big time yeah and i have programmed for android albeit a little bit and i just i just like the i just like ios but even as an end user using the equivalent app on an android is not the same experience no it's just not as fluid, you know. And isn't that the worst thing about this sort of um, dream about cross-platform development? Like, it's possible, but to do really good apps for either platform involves doing 
like treating each platform separately rather than hoping that some's cross-platform. Like it, it'll do, but to get the sort of that final ten percent, you really need to do native, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and even like my friend released uh, an Android app recently, so I said I'd go on. So I just logged into the the Google Play Store on my on my laptop, like, and you know I have the list of devices, and I just it wouldn't work with any of my Android devices, and right. that was that was it. Like, you know, <laughs> um, that was the end of that. Like. Just in terms of, like, I know I mentioned it last week, but, like, auto layout, in terms of reaching the different platforms, like, I can have one layout, and it'll work perfectly on, from an iPhone 4 up to a a 6 Plus, or 6S Plus, to an iPad, to an iPad Pro, you know, without me having to think about it, really, at all. Um, And I'm, like, the last time I looked into that stuff on Android, it wasn't, it wasn't quite there. Cool. So... Are we ready to do our um, special edition of uh, What's Making Us Happy? Analog edition. Baz, have you got an analog thing to be happy about? (laughs) You guys go first. (laughs) So I have an analog thing that makes me super, super happy. And I spent a ridiculous amount of money on it back in the days when I was in employment and earning big bucks. Um, So I own a... Folding bicycle um, made by a company called Brompton. And I spent roughly 1,600 euros on this bike. So it's an insanely uh, expensive thing. And I I took it out today. Um, I don't ride it as much as I used to because I, I live within walking distance from work. A common sort of phrase about this bike is it's like a, a personal jetpack. It's so small you can bring it on buses or on trains and then stop off and unfold it and you can be on your way. I've my own Brompton, I've taken it on I've camped with the Brompton, so I've literally carried a tent and a sleeping bag and cooking equipment uh, around Wales. Uh, I did north wales and south wales on the brompton i absolutely love it it's a wonderful wonderful wonderfully designed uh piece of equipment and it brings me a huge amount of pleasure excellent i think i've seen them i'm not sure if it's the exact one but the falling bikes like what kind of size is it when it's when it's closed up um so it's not tiny um so they're some of these things measured in inches so uh 16 inch wheels um it's heavy as well it's made the frame is made from steel um so it's definitely not tiny but it's enough uh to store in a luggage compartment i suppose yeah but the thing is if you have it you're not going to be walking around like yeah exactly so yeah i love my rompton seriously like the amount of money i spent on it is far in excess of any sort of computer i bought but uh definitely it definitely makes me happy dave are we gonna talk about watches yeah no is that your top analog thing no 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 fiddles man that's where it's at fiddles yeah well specifically one fiddle like i'm not made of money (laughs) um you know so 
I, I'm left-handed, as you can probably tell from listening to me. And <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, um, I I'm painfully left-handed, meaning that I've like hurt things that would stop me from doing things right-handed, even if I wanted to. Um, and like back in the day, I learned to play the guitar right-handed because that's you know there was right-handed guitars around, and that's what you do. And then you know ligaments didn't didn't like that, and so now I'm exclusively left-handed. But I write, I'm a left-handed anyway. Like, but now I just I just uh, so you injured my... yourself by trying to be right-handed. Yeah, literally just playing the guitar. Um, wow. Right-handed. And I just, I was just, just playing like an innocent C-sharp minor one day. <laughs> and a bar chord, of course. And I heard a snap. And just a lot of pain. And in general, just with motion in that, that hand, went to specialists and all that. And just kind of like, eh, the surgery is one of these things where it can cause more hassle than it can fix. So... It's, I just kind of left it. Um, so you own a left-handed fiddle? I own a left-handed fiddle. Is this a recent purchase? Yeah, recent enough. So, like, the fiddle has four strings? Yep. So is there anything about the, like, mine, like if you take away the strings, what is different between a left-handed fiddle and a right-handed fiddle? The crack. so um in general um not a lot and a lot of people would just play you know they would just string it upside down and and play it or they might take it to a um fiddle guy i don't know (laughs) i don't know what they're called and there's a bass bar which is just a bit of wood that's propped in to one side of the fiddle so that's is that the on the bridge it's underneath um so it's inside uh, okay. the the f holes um and it's just kind of props up and it's just for um resonance it's called the bass bar sometimes so basically it would be just to to get that moved to the other side and on some fiddles there's a slight curve on the actual fingerboard into which direction it goes and as well the chin rest is believe it or not a directional thing uh. Okay, fair so enough. So if you if you if you're using a, a chin rest, it can be it can, it's just the wrong way basically. So where did you order this fiddle from? eBay. So it yeah. is very specifically a beginner's fiddle, like um, and it's you know um, it does the job and it actually sounds fairly decent. Um, Do you have a sense of where it was made? Oh, China. Okay. Yeah, with with the Apple keyboards, um, <laughs> and that's that's it. I don't have it to hand now, so I can't remember the brand offhand. But that's it's it was it was reasonably cheap as well um, for the 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 relative quality of it and the fact that it's left handed and you don't have to go messing around with stuff. So you're not going to play out this podcast with the rendition of Fairy Tale of New York. I could, but be I, class, I want people Dave. to tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas you know? edition. <laughs> so I think I think one of the one of the worst things about it is that like I've been playing music pretty much my whole life in various 
things, you know, between just being sent for lessons when you're a kid and stuff like that. And listening to myself learning, <laughs> learning this is, is bad, <laughs> you know, because it, it's one thing, like if you know the guitar, you're like, OK, that's grand. And you, you, you know, you just move your finger a little and everything is fine, like and you can get direct feedback. But with the with the fiddle, you're you're just listening and there's there's so many different variables like, oh, was that my wrist position or my elbow or the bow or was it my finger, you know, um, to 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 get right um and it's it's a bit overwhelming like but uh so far so good and it's a it's um definitely a a distraction so baz mm. do you have any analog things that are making you happy this week or ever yeah it was actually i suppose i suppose this is uh, i suppose it, as this is a special edition um something makes me happy i guess every week similar to dave then is uh my base um that is. So is it about your bass? So I've, I've had it now. I've been playing since I've been 19. So about like five years or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I I had a bass. I got an Aria bass. It was a, a Fender uh, ripoff. At, uh, when I was, that's when I started with. But um, when I was learning a bit more, um, my dad bought me a, what is it? A Washburn Taurus t400 or something like that um it's a beautiful bass i absolutely love it i don't play in a band i've never played in a band but it's something that i'll pick up once twice maybe three times a week for like even just like something like it could be just be one song depends maybe i have 10 minutes to kill before i go somewhere you know and i'll go in and pick it up and just play it or i could play anywhere like up to an hour um but it's just Always something, you know, I've tried to bring with me and I've hated being anywhere not having it. Like if I've moved around to different places and not been able to have it or not been able to bring it with me. So why is your current bass way better than the bass you started with? So I've never owned oh, a bass. Like the, 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 like the first bass is one of those, you know, altogether packs. It comes with an amp and a bass. I bought it secondhand, so I imagine that's what it was. You know, it came with a cheap amp and it's a cheap bass. And why is your current bass so much better? Like I remember even my, um, I had taken bass lessons for a year, maybe like 20 classes or something, but my bass teacher, he has a Warwick, which I absolutely love. I'd love a Warwick someday, but he picked it up at one point and said, this is one of the nicest basses I've ever played. And he was like, he was completely impressed with it. So I guess even from him, I, I love playing. I love the way it feels. It's very nice to play with. But I guess coming from him at the time when I'd gotten it, that kind of meant something. I was like, well, if it impressed him. And I don't know, I just, it was, I did, it, it's one of those things, I guess, when you go from, when you have a product, when you have the really cheap version of it, and then you buy like the one that costs, well, you buy one for like 50 quid, and then you buy one that costs 500 quid you know, you can feel like the extra 450 quid in it. You can feel the difference in it, the materials used in it, how much smoother it works, you know, it's more reliable. It's just that difference um, in buying, I guess, a more expensive product. Um, it's obviously to play, it just sounds nice. And yeah, I just play it all the time. But it, yeah, it doesn't stop me looking at other basses, you know? <laughs> 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 I'm always eyeing up six string basses. Six string fretless bass is my. What about um, acoustic basses, like that kind of violin fans? Nah. Nah. No. No. I don't want one of that. Not interested. 
Um, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, you could play bass during the sun. I'd, yeah, I'd love, I'd love one, of course. But if I was to get another bass, it would be a pro- probably a five string Washburn fretless bass. I have my eye on someday. You, you know, you should check out a uh, Toman. Oh, that's right. Look, yeah, that's the fretless basses. Like, um, yeah, to- Toman have definitely the bass I want, and it's about six hundred euro, I think. Um, again, you know, I don't want to spend 1,000, 2,000 euro on it because it's, it's not something I'll ever gig with. It's just something I like to do, put on a few tracks or put on an album and play along with it. Yeah. So that always makes me happy anyway. That's a non-software thing that makes me happy. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, the (laughs) Harvey, the Harley Benton, um, five string fretless <laughs> super jumbo cutaway spruce top mahogany body bass is only 179 euro bass. Yeah, Hardy Benson. <laughs> I guess they're the beginners of beginners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're Toman's own brand, like I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I haven't seen them anywhere else. Yeah, no, know. definitely. There's a, a Warwick five string fretless. That's all I'll have next. Do you play any of the instruments, Thomas? Yeah, I have a guitar in the attic. Should yeah. get it done. <laughs> the acoustics up there are great. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no one can all hear the, me cry. <laughs> <laughs> all the songs I can play are from the like mid nineties though, so like So here's Wonderwall. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> 